but because it was really stretched because it's like silicone. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Good stuff. Dang it! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right off the freaking bat, I need to go home. I am home. Ah! I... <laughs> bed. Oh my. Okay. Uh, hello, hello. Welcome back. <laughs> I can't. Welcome back to my aunt's attic. You gonna leave me hanging, guys? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I hate you all. All right. Well, once these two get their poop in a group, we're gonna have a special episode. <laughs> I think you need to get it together. <laughs> we have a special guest today. Hello, my name's Kendra. Kendra is the one we've been talking about. This is the this is that Kendra. Yes, you might know her from um, Chaotic Energy as well. Yeah, she was there too. Um, you obviously haven't listened to the podcast. Not yet. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> you would know we were talking about you last time, so. Hopefully it was all good things. All good things, all good things. All good things. Really good things, actually. Yeah. Oh, I feel special. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about everything, like always, but then specifically uh, talking about music, because that was a subject that you had brought up back in the chaotic energy days, but we never got around to it, so we're going to do it now. So what exactly was the topic? Do you remember what you presented? Uh, Yeah, so my topic was specifically how people kind of use music to, like, get through their daily lives, Um, or just how, like, they connect to music and things, like, that go along with that. Uh, That was just because I use music daily. That's how I help my own mental health. So I guess there are certain songs that I use to, like, make me feel better. There are certain songs that I have, like, stronger connections to than others, because I am horrible at, like, expressing my own feelings and, like, my thoughts and everything so sometimes having a song that like I can connect to that has those words already like put out then I can like give that to somebody or be like hey this is like my mood right now this is what I'm feeling so that kind of helps me express myself and kind of feel a little bit of that connection we're the same human being that was was beautiful wipe the tear away (laughs) no that was uh that's exactly what I was kind of thinking but I want to backtrack first because uh, it's been a little while since mm-hmm. I saw you last, yes. I feel like. So, before we really dive into it, <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing better than last time I saw you, for sure. That's um, good to hear. Yes. That was <laughs> pretty, a rough day. That was a rough day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you want to elaborate or do you know? Or, hmm? No? Mm-hmm. Is there something you want me to elaborate on? No, about? I'm just wondering if you want to divulge anything <laughs> that's happened new newly um what's the word i'm thinking developments new developments since um i suppose i can i guess to give a little background for anybody who's listening you don't have um, to share no anything like that all over again well i'm not gonna i won't give the full details i'll give the gist (laughs) um basically i was up for a job that i've been like working towards for a really really long time it's a job that i absolutely love and would be willing to do even for free like because i just it's something that means a lot to me Um, But due to health and medical reasons, in my first week of training, I had to drop out, which is something that was extremely difficult for me. However, so that's why she said, I, last time I saw Danielle, we had this whole chat and I was having a really rough time. Because like I said, this is just more than a job to me. It like means a lot. So, um, that's why I said today, new developments. Um, I do have the opportunity to start training again in the beginning of August and be able to kind of go back to where I started because the people who hired me um, still, like, really want me. They want to keep me as an employee. 
So he was the one who sent me this information to kind of start training again on my own. So I have the potential to start up again. So that kind of made me feel a lot better than the last time I saw you. Yes! Awesome. I'm so excited! Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, that's so awesome to hear. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so the phone call today was... I don't, yes, I don't that know. was um, touching base uh, with the person who's doing the training, who's like the director of the training, um, just to find out more information about it and stuff, because it's about two counties over from where yeah. we are, so about hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. So I was trying to find out more about this training, and it's a shortened full-time, full-time training, so it's only four months versus the normal six months to a year. Um, so instead of like driving back and forth every day, they're going to have accommodations for me to stay there, so I don't have to drive an hour and a half every single day to and from so that's what I was talking to him about was kind of making sure I hit all the requirements I'm eligible and I can stay down there and do my thing (laughs) that's so good to hear um you're gonna be farther away from me though yes but only for a few months (laughs) I can come visit on the weekends as happy as I am for you that sucks for me (laughs) and you as you all know it's all about me all the time so what is this no But, uh, no, that's fantastic to hear. I'm really excited that things have... Like we said in the car, like, it'll work out. Everything's yeah. just got to have its time and placement and, you know, the cards have to fall where they're, where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And it sounds like cards are falling in the proper placements. Ah, that's so exciting to hear. <laughs> that's really exciting. Yeah. What about you, Mary Grace? What's new? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> are, you, are you improving your Rocket League skills at all? Oh, no, I haven't played... In a while, actually. Ah, okay. So you lied to me. <laughs> did I lie? Yeah. You lied. You said you love it, you play it all the time. That's... I did. I did. <laughs> and then I got embarrassed, so I stopped playing. What? Why? No, That's not true. I just haven't played it. Okay. That's fair. Um, I have been watching Queen's Gambit a lot. God bless. Okay. Yes. I love it so much. Where are you at now? Episode six, I just started. Isn't there only like eight or nine episodes? I think so. Oh no, you're oh. almost done. <laughs> oh no. I hate that. But, um. So good, right? It's really good. It's amazing. I love that it's like the entire show is premised around chess, but it's not even about chess. It's- I just love the fact that, like, would she be good if she wasn't on drugs? Yes. Mm. I don't know. Well, that's the, that's the, actually, like, I think the, the main point of the show is to kind of, the, the finding the balance between insanity and genius. Because she is a prodigy. She is a true prodigy. She is a genius. But being that good at something, it's like, how do you how do you function properly in society when you're just so far apart from it? And how do you maintain your sanity? And that was, I don't know if you've got spoilers, possibly, but the flashback scene of her mother. I've had, there's been a few of them. Okay, with the fire? Like, no? With the, like, math book, you mean? Yeah, it was, it was the book that she published. Oh. The mom published. She her mom is a genius as well, yeah. um, and it was that kind of same thing that her mom basically fell apart and and went insane, and it was kind of showing the the degradation of sanity and how she might follow her mom's footsteps, and that's kind of the whole thing. It's like finding that, like I said, the balance between genius and insanity, and chess is her way of coming about with her genius. Where it's her mom. She was like a professor. She was whatever book she published or whatever. So, I don't know. Just, oh, it's so smart. It's so good. I love that show so much. It's perfect. It's really I good. want to read the book. Will I ever read the book? Probably not. But 
I don't know. There's a show right there. <laughs> you know? I don't know what it is about it. Like, it's not, like, fast-paced or, like, exciting mm-hmm. by any means, but, like, I'm always locked into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But something about the way it was made, like, it's not boring, but it's not... Yeah. Exciting, either. That is exactly how I feel about, um... Aristotle and Dante discovered the secrets of the universe, and it's finally it came out after like a decade. <laughs> but its sequel, Aristotle and Dante, dive into the waters of the world. Um, those two books are one of the few that have both five stars for me, and it's nearly impossible to get five stars out of me. Those two, it is so, it's so consistently good. It's nothing grand happens, nothing exciting. It's not like there's this pinnacle moment of excitement no it's just consistently good of like a coming of age story of just trying to navigate your world kind of thing for these two kids and it is just so even paced and consistently good that it just attached to my soul five stars hands down read it people so good <laughs> but uh i get what you're saying about that yes that it just it just claws onto you and it's just so good yes it's very good Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I'll start saying it, and then you don't have to. Thank you. Good stuff. Are we all going to start saying it? And it's just going to be... It's going to be the, the catchphrase. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like a... Like... Your generation thing to say. Wow! <laughs> no offense, but... Wow! Like, I don't know anybody who's my age that would say good stuff Me? as often as you. I gotta agree Screw with that you! you. <laughs> It's not a my age thing. It's just a me thing. I've never no. heard anyone my age either say it. I'm just a freak. No, I don't know. Screw you. That. No, but it's not. No, I'm not saying like you're old or anything. I'm just saying like my generation is, is like I'm so far apart from. Well, we're in different generations. My soul is shriveling. <laughs> <gasps> I'm sorry. We are not in different. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. I'm at the tail end of millennial. I'm a zillennial. I'm not Gen Z, but I'm not. I'm not really millennial. I'm a zillennial. That's such a millennial thing to come up with. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. Well, I think it's like 93 to 98, 92 to 99 is the, this kind of weird transitioning peri- period that. that I don't. I don't relate to a lot of the millennial things because a lot of the millennial things are really set more in the 80s. Right. And I'm not that. And then more of the Gen Z stuff. Gen Z was more completely established within the technology age, which mm-hmm. I was not. So I'm, I'm at the tail end of one and the beginning of the other, and it just don't fit with either because it was just the pure transition period for me. So, I mean, I'm 95. I'm smack in the middle of when everything was becoming digital and becoming technology. I went from having nothing at all mm-hmm. to everything in my formative years. I feel like it also depends on... Um, if you had older or younger siblings. I, I have one older brother, but he's not even two years older than me. So wow. he's, he's also more yeah. zillennial-ish. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go from Good here? Stop. <laughs> Whatever it may be. <laughs> okay. Um. Cool. <laughs> Okay, my turn. What have I been doing? Work. Oh, yeah. What have you been up to? Thanks, guys. Yeah. I feel on the love. <laughs> Sorry. Um, nope, just work. And um, work. Okay, moving on. So, back to uh, to music, because that's what I... We could talk about this all day, so let's yes. just hop right back into it. Um, you said that there were a couple songs 
for you, Kendra. I'm talking to Kendra right now. And you said there were a couple songs that really help you with, like, your mental health and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have particular songs that you want to talk about? Um, I don't know if there's any, like, titles I can think of specifically. I know that, like, make me feel better, at least. I could definitely, like, tell you some that I gravitate more towards, like, when my mental health is really bad. Um, one of them is a song, I think the artist, her name is, like, Blue Eyes. Um, the song name, I think, is called Stuck in My Head. I know that's one that I definitely relate to a lot um, when my mental health is really bad because it's just saying, like, it's like when somebody, the thought somebody has when they're, like, self-isolating. It's, am I the only one that feels this way? Um, Like, am I just weird? Kind of stuff like that. And, like, just some of the, like, I work myself so much so that I don't have to feel anything and stuff like that. Um, Which kind of goes along with this song on Numb Little Bug, if you guys know that one. No, really? Really? Wow. Okay. I thought that song was popular for a while. It was just me. Um, but that one as well. I actually really liked that song at first, but I'm a person, like, when a song blows up and a lot of people really like it, then I'm like, nope, now that song's garbage. I don't know why. <laughs> You're a <laughs> the same thing. I hate it when people do that. But, so that kind of started happening to me a little bit with that song, because I heard a lot on, like, social media and a lot on, like, Instagram and TikTok and stuff. So, so I might know it, you but then again, Maybe I'm old, so who knows? <laughs> well, I'm sure if I played it, you would know it, because I know it's yeah. a sound on TikTok especially. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, there's certain songs, too, like, not, go on a happier note, um, that, like, make me think of friends and family as well, that, like, there's a couple songs, my dad, oh, bless my dad. I love my dad so much, he's definitely, like, one of my favorite people ever. That's so cute, oh my <laughs> But there are two songs that always make think of my dad, and you play them every single time, no matter what mood I'm in, I will cry. Every single time. Never fails. Um, so one of them is by Zach Brown Band. Oh, um, so good. It's definitely a song about his dad. I'm drawing a blank on the title of it. I can't think of what the title of it is right now, but it's one of his newer ones, and it's just, oh, it's My Old Man. That's what it is. Um, and that song really makes me think of my dad, because as he's like in the lyrics thing about his dad um about his dad teaching him how to do things teaching him how to fish about different tools and stuff like that that's what I do with my dad because my dad didn't have any sons and he didn't care that he had daughters he was like you guys have limbs and you can move like let's go <laughs> so, <laughs> so um even though he didn't like treat us like his sons but he was still like you you can learn so anytime he was like fixing anything around the house and stuff a lot of stuff I know my dad taught me so that's definitely one of the songs. Every time I hear it, it just terrible bit. Oh, um, that's so cute. Oh my God. And then there's another one. My dad sent me this jerk off. So let, mind you, let's set this. I had just moved out of my parents' house. I live on my own, probably. And I know that was really hard for my dad because I'm the baby. So I'm the last one to move out. So now they're empty nesters. So it's really hard for them. And one night I moved out. It may have been a week. I'd been gone for a week. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. I get this text from my dad. I'm like, back because usually he works really early so usually he's in bed by then and it was a link to spotify it was a song i was like oh like what is this and i clicked on it and um it's a song it's a father wrote for his daughter and he sang about like how beautiful she is and like how like he didn't think he could like love anybody as much as his daughter and he's like talking about her like beautiful brown eyes and everything and that song like it's such a beautiful song and when my dad said this to me i was sobbing like i was a mess because i was like oh like it's like it's a really sweet song it's really pretty but so that's kind of one of those things like every time i hear it like yeah (laughs) well i know when we went to nashville we went to the grand old opry and we saw what was his name which one the very last not the very last but um 
Stealing Cinderella, or Cinderella, the... Cinderella is the song. What's his name? I can find it. Steve, is it Steven? It's not Steven. Mm. Let's see. I have that song saved on here. Well, while you search for it, the story of it, um, he starts playing Cinderella, Mm -hmm. and we're both We both started sobbing. Oh, we were crying so hard. But this, okay, not to be like a Debbie Downer. We were crying for two different reasons. <laughs> she, I think, was crying because, like, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Stephen Sorry. Curtis Chapman, okay. Um, yeah, so he's playing Cinderella, and he was so good live, right? We're both sitting there in tears. <laughs> and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were crying because just, like, you know, thinking about your dad and like, yeah, my dad's getting old. It makes me yeah. sad. Whereas me, I was cry- <laughs> I was crying more because I'm like punching the gut, like missed opportunity kind of thing. Oh. Um, with my dad because right. we don't have the kind of relationship, and I was mm-hmm. thinking to myself like, this is the kind of song that you you dance the father daughter dance at your wedding or something. Oh, and that would make me cry. And I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, I don't. I don't know if that would ever happen. For my me. dad's mm-hmm. not going to my wedding. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, kind of hurt. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> so yeah, for me, I was like crying because I was like, man, this is kind of like the missed relationship that I'll never have really. I mean, okay. uh, my relationship with my dad has certainly improved now that I have moved out. Right. But would I be comfortable enough to have like a full blown dance with him at my wedding? Not that I ever plan on getting married, but mm-hmm. I was no, it just kind of hit me, but. I'm living vicariously through you and your dad's relationship. <laughs> right. <laughs> your dad is like my pseudo parent when I'm up here. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. um, no, I think that's beautiful though that you have those like specific songs mm-hmm. and stuff that are good. <laughs> good stuff. Um, what about you, Mary Grace? You got. Oh, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> Just how do you use music? Does is there particular songs that make you think of anything, oh, or do you listen so to? This- interesting. Okay, so, um, like when I was in high school, I used to listen to like not like well, kind of like emo because I was like going through that, mm-hmm. and so like I would be sad, mm-hmm. and then I would listen to sad songs to make me like more sad, mm-hmm. like on purpose. <laughs> Right. It's and a thing. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. talk about it. It's, it's coming. It's so weird. It's a thing. But then I, like, this is, I don't know if I stopped listening to sad music and so I became less sad or because I'm less sad, I don't listen to sad music. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I can't listen to sad music anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I will, like, even if I just hear, like, a little guitar doing, like, I like start crying. Like this is so sad. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, but I if anything is like slower than like mostly upbeat, I assume it's sad and I get sad. Like I yeah. I don't know why. Like I guess I'm just like really easily like affected by it. Mm-hmm. So I avoid sad music. Well, it's a thing. I actually wrote a full blown paper on this. <laughs> um, it's so weird. So let me let me just go off here for a second. So you guys know mathematically that a negative plus a negative equals a positive. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what happens with times. Music. Sure. Right? A negative times a negative. Not plus, because then it would just be more negative. <laughs> yeah, right? you're right. Negative times a negative is positive. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I I'm not way. a mathematician, and this is actually not about math. <laughs> but a negative times a negative equals a positive, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happens with music. People who are sad listen to sad music because it balances them out. If you are sad and you listen to happy music, that dissonance between your emotions and what you're listening to is so grating 
and it's almost, it's insulting. It's like, if I'm sad and I'm listening to happy music, this is not my emotion. That's not what I'm capable of feeling right now. Why are you shoving your happiness in my face? And then you just get more angry and more sad. So therefore, when you're sad, you listen to sad music because it's like, this, this understands. This I'm equal with. Here I am on an equal plane with what I'm listening. My outside matches my inside. Therefore, it balances itself out. You feel understood and it actually makes you feel better because of that feeling of mutual understanding. So people who are happy listen to happy music. You don't want to listen to sad music because there's a dissonance there. There's a discord between your outside and your inside. And I did. I wrote like a whole paper on it, especially focused specifically on 21 Pilots because that's what they do for me. They balance out what I'm feeling with my outside, what's going on with them. And that's why they're so important to me. I am. I'm just going to go off for a second. Just, just bear with me. (laughs) So the amazing thing about 21 pilots is that their music is so unique and so personalized while also being vague enough to be for everyone. It's their music has a certain quality to it that, and there's actually one song that says like, don't be confused by like the happy sound because the lyrics are so down. And it's that, double whammy that you're getting out of one song that fits for everyone. If you're happy and you want to listen to their music, it's upbeat. It's fun. It's, you know, it's a bop, honestly, (laughs) and you can listen to it and enjoy it. But if you're sad, you can listen to the exact same song and get what you need out of it because the lyrics, you can cue into more of the lyrics and get more of that understanding and like that more sadness that you need to be able to felt, to feel understood. And you're getting that. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, squeaky. Um, but you're getting that all from one band in one song or one Mm -hmm. album or whatever. And that is exactly the kind of thing that I need because if I'm really sad, I'll cue into the lyrics. I'll feel that understood. And then once I start to feel a little bit better by feeling understood with the lyrics, then I can start transitioning over into just like enjoying Mm -hmm. the music. Yeah. And so you get everything out of one song. So they are anything and everything to anyone and everyone. And I love (laughs) that about them. And especially, like, my darkest of days, you have your darker songs. Um, right. And then on, on happier days or whatever, you can still listen to them. And they have their more upbeat songs. Um, so I will rant and rave about 21 Pilots all day long <laughs> um, because they're everything to me. They literally saved my life. Their music, um, their one song, Car Radio, mm-hmm. is one of the more more serious, more depressing, I guess, songs. I played it for my mom one time because same thing. Um, when I don't have the words to describe what I'm going through, I'm like, here's a song that puts it perfectly. Yeah. This is what I'm feeling. You know, it's my kind of like cry for help, whatever you call it. But, uh, I played car radio for my mom and (laughs) I'll never forget her exact words were, well, that was depressing. Uh. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the point mom. Like, here's what I'm trying to say. Right. And like, honestly, when my darkest of darkest times, um, when I was actually in college the first time around right after high school, I would drive home from class because it was, like, you know, one step above a community college um, right in my hometown. And I would drive home, and I would be driving down the road and just, like, I would pick out trees or I'd pick out a telephone pole. Like, which one am I going to wrap my car around? Because I don't want to do this anymore. And I would just drive home, and I'd be sobbing. And I just, I don't want to do this anymore. And I would, when I was really feeling like that, I would play car radio. And, again, there the lyrics were so unbelievably perfect to what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And the thing about depression is the disorder in itself is makes you feel alone. It tricks your brain into thinking, I'm completely alone. No one else feels like this. No one understands. But then you play a song that obviously somebody else out there does understand. 
And I would just tell myself, just listen to this song one more time and then you can be done. And then you can wrap your car around a tree. Just listen to it one more time, one more time. And I would play it over and over again until I got home and I'd obviously be safe and sound. But uh, it just, it hit so perfectly because it, it described depression and what I was feeling so unbelievably perfectly that I was like, there is no getting around knowing that someone else does actually feel like this. And so no matter how much I would convince myself that I'm completely alone, I was like, no, this song proves that I'm not. And so I can't, I can't argue with what's right there proven. Right. So, and then again, like I said, even if you're not depressed, which I hope and pray that, you know, people aren't, because I would not wish that on my worst enemy, but 21 Pilots is still the band for you, no matter where you are in life. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. get everything from them. So I could just, okay. Yeah, like, I could tag on to that. Um, I remember you're the one who, like, I listened to a little bit of them, but not, like, all of, like, they're popular songs that everybody yeah. would know. Um, but I really started listening to them after, like, I started hanging out with you. And You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I remember you telling me, you were like, of the concerts I've been to, you're like, you have not been to a concert unless you've been to a 21 Pilots concert. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't believe you. But I remember, even if you don't know all of their songs, like, even going to that concert, I only, like, really knew a few of them. Um, that concert, like, just the energy that are coming off of other people, coming from the artists themselves, it is an energy I've, like, never felt before. Like, you could tell just everybody in that arena was, like on the same page had like the same understanding and it was like a really weird just connection that you immediately had with other people that you didn't even know and I have to say I remember after that concert I remember just feeling not depleted isn't the right word but I just felt like emotionally just like exhausted because I was like there's just so many people around you that you could just you don't know them but like you know them Mm -hmm. just based off of those connections so I remember that concert I was like that I got it after that. It was something you definitely had to experience firsthand. That's why I always say, and it's not because I am completely biased, but I always (laughs) tell people, like, you've never been to a concert until you've been to a 21 Pilots concert. Yeah. Because they are just so present. Yes. It is, and they make music specifically to share with people and, and to have it live. And it is that atmosphere, that energy, this room full of thousands of people that you've never met. But like you said, on a, in a, just on a fundamental level, you know them. Mm. I'm getting chills. Yeah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about it. It's just, it is, they are your family. They are your friends. And it's just, you know that you could walk up to literally any single person in this entire arena. You could pour your heart out to them and they would be like, I understand. Yeah. And there's something so special about that. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, you can get that from like so many concerts. But when you right. have an artist who has just gone through it and you know Mm. it because of his lyrics and because of how and then Josh is such an amazing drummer and everything like you the heartbeat that you can feel in the music and everything you just you can't help but be so unbelievably present yeah in that moment like you said it is so emotionally exhausting because you pour everything out into that moment right and you walk around and you're just like what is life anymore because you've left it all in that (laughs) arena pretty much yeah (laughs) Oh, and so it's, it's almost like singing their songs. You like, you're like not ranting with them, but you're just like getting it out. Like you're just getting those emotions out with them. So I wonder, I feel like that's why. Cause like you could tell as like some concerts, people are like screaming and singing, whatever, just cause like it's fun. They're dancing, having a good time, whatever. You could tell, like if you looked around, cause we were like standing on the floor for this concert. Like if you looked around people around us, you could just see the emotions on people's faces when they were singing these songs, like 
they weren't just singing the song. It was almost like they were just screaming at the top of their lungs, like sharing their own emotions to like an mm-hmm. arena of people. So, and that's we were we were talking about it the other week that when <clears throat> when you kind of cue into the fact that other people have fully fleshed out lives mm-hmm. and not they're not just two dimensional characters in that arena is when you see it yeah, actually happening absolutely. in real time. You see people's lives in front of you, and you know that they've gone through the things and that they are still present that so many people in that arena have probably questioned their their existence but in that moment they are still there Mm -hmm. and they want to be there and they are pouring everything they have into their existence in that moment and it is so unbelievably incredible and like you said like especially again car radio um when they when he screams and that's mm-hmm. why I think I handed you my phone. Yes, you did. And asked you to film it because I just, I needed to be so present in that moment because mm-hmm. I'm so, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to explain that I haven't quite gotten to the place where I appreciate the fact that they have kept me around because I'm like, I don't know, not quite there, but I'm getting there. And to be in that moment and it's when he screams and he, oh, when he screams and it's like, he's screaming for me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have the energy to do it. And that was the thing, like, when I was driving home from college. He would scream, and I would just, the relief I would feel. Because I'd be so tired, I wouldn't have enough energy in me to get the things that I needed to get out. But he would scream for me. And it would just, like I said, I could physically feel the relief of knowing that someone else is feeling like this. And mm-hmm. he's getting it out for me. And I, he's, he's saying everything and screaming for me. <gasps> I'm getting choked up. Yeah. No, but, I get uh, it. No, like, that is absolutely... Music, I use it to regulate my own emotions because Mm -hmm. I have a hard time, you know, mentally... Like, my brain does not produce the chemicals necessary to make emotions properly, and music helps, I don't know, start start the factory moving kind of thing. See, that's interesting, because for me, it's a little different. It's just... Like, I had very emotional, emotionally immature parents, so I was, like, never taught how to... Like, work through my emotions, feel them, deal with them, whatever. So, I was, like, I had old-fashioned tough love parents, so it was always, like, suck it up, get over it, you'll be fine. Like, move on with your life, it's not that big of a deal. So, I think for music, for me to, like, being able to let it out like that is just because I was never taught how to. Like, I know I'm feeling Mm -hmm. something, I just don't know how to say it. Mm -hmm. So, that, I feel like, definitely helps. Yeah. Do you guys get chills when you listen to music? Certain songs, absolutely. Like, full goosebumps, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. There's a there's a name for that because there's a name for everything. I forget what it is. But have, have you ever gone to a concert and just been? What um, concerts have you been to, Mary Grace? I've only been to a couple, but I haven't had that experience that you guys have of like feeling such a connection with the audience because a lot of the bands I like are like not very popular. So a lot of their concerts are like free or like very cheap and so mm. people are just going to them like just to mm. go. Oh okay. So there's not a lot of <clears throat> fans and it's mostly just like chaos. Mm. Which isn't bad because everybody's having a good time, but there isn't like a an emotional like an experience. appreciation yeah. for it. Yeah. So mm. Well you're next. I'll take you a, to a to the top <laughs> concert. <laughs> Worth yeah. it. Yep. Um, well, who do you listen to? Um, I listen to, like, a lot of indie, like, pop or indie rock. So I've been to, um, a coin, this band called Coin, um, The Regrets, um, <laughs> kind of really, it. You haven't been to, I know really you like, gone. I know you like country. You haven't been to any of the. I don't. 
love country. Oh, you just heard my Wait. <laughs> what? Ouch. I don't hate it, but it depends. It really depends. Every time we've been in the car, we've played country. You <laughs> like, like you've known every country, song, and, like, but not like. What's the word I'm looking for? Not like pop country. Oh no, today's country sucks. Yes. Ass. That's what I mean. Oh no, yeah. I'm talking classic country. Yeah, George yeah, Strait, yeah, yeah. Alan yeah, Jackson, like 90s. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went to the um, I went to that Chris Stapleton concert. Ooh. You did? Good. Not the one that. I went in Ohio a while ago. Last. Oh, oh okay, last okay, year. but still, yeah, we, we didn't yes. end up going to that. Sadly, no. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, he is. I think kind of the saving grace of country right now because mm-hmm. he's very um, talented. And he, he, I, I was talk, talking to my friend who is also a huge country fan, but she was saying that today's country is not country. Like you said, it's more pop. Yeah. And Chris Stapleton is kind of getting back to the roots of what country is supposed to be. And I think there's a misconception of what country is. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, blue jeans, boots, trucks, Daisy yeah. Dukes, drinking beer, going fit. That's not what country is. No. Country is the the essence of what mm-hmm. it means to be a family man, a, a you know, the, hard. the values mm-hmm. and the morals of yes. good country working down-home life, Yeah, I yeah. guess. Like, you'd, like, give your shirt off the back to yeah. the neighbor and stuff like that. Yeah, and appreciating mm-hmm. what you have, knowing that you're going to get through the, the tough times because, mm-hmm. you know, you have the skills, you have the knowledge, you have the faith, the family, the trust in the world around you to be able to get through. That's kind of what the country is. You know, that's true country music is, like, the essence, the values, the morals of country life. Um, and that's not what today's music is. It's, you know, what's the catchiest tune in the fun yeah. lyrics and, you know, having a bonfire and getting drunk off your ass kind of thing. That's not country. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Yeah, so when I was at the Chris Stapleton concert um, last year, it was, like, the crowd, I think, was very there for, like, modern country. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was, like, everybody so was, like, drunk and, like, yeah. cowboy hats and cowboy right. boots and all this stuff. So it was a good time, but, like, I kept getting stepped on by the drunk guy who was standing in front of me. Oh, no. Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> so it was a good concert, though. Yeah. He is so fantastic live. The one I went to. He's amazing. He is better live than he is on recordings. He is so fantastic. It's incredible. But, uh, no, his one song, Scarecrow in the Garden, I, that's one that just will get to me. Mm-hmm. I'll just start crying. Just... Oh, that's a good one. You shook your head like you don't know what that is. I don't know I that song. Don't know that one specifically, no. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'll we're have to look it up. Homework. After we end the podcast, we're going to have a music session. Oh, boy. We're going to have our own music session and go through the go through these things. Because that hear, one's good. Do you want to hear a, a concert story? Yes, of course. Well, it's kind of sad. Well, not that sad. Because <laughs> we need to Well, it's not like Jesus. sad, sad. But it's like, okay, so last summer... Um, this band that I've been listening to since I was, like, 13, they're called Coin, I said that, um, and they're playing at the fair for free, right? So, my sister and I went, like, first thing in the morning, like, to go stand in line. The concert was at 2 in the afternoon, I think. So, we got there just as the fair opened, and we waited in line all day to, like, sit in the front row and everything, because I love this band, right? And I was so excited. And so, <laughs> we waited in line all day. And then it was like 15 minutes before they were going to open up and let people go sit down. And um, a group of friends walks up to us and they were like, oh, hi, we didn't know you were going to be at the fair. Oh, I didn't know they were going to be at the fair that day. And then they weren't leaving. 
No. Like they thought they were just gonna like cut in the front of the line 15 minutes before <gasps> no. the concert was gonna start. And security was like, you know, no. they've been, the security was there with us all day. Like, they, yeah. we were talking to them and everything. And so they were like, you guys, you know, you gotta go to the back line. And they're like, no, no, we're with them. We're with them. Meaning no. my sister and I. And I was just like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. I started freaking out because I did not know what to do. And so, um, so the security sent them to the back and then we went ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say they all, they sent you all to the back of the line. No, I was going to flip. We were good. They, cause they saw my sister and I had been okay. there. Okay. Yeah. Like, no, like <gasps> they were here and you know, you guys have to go to the back. So, right. Um, they ended up getting pretty good seats anyway. But, um, that was kind of on my mind the whole, the whole concert because it was just so awkward. Um, and they were sitting like a few rows behind me. So I just felt like their eyes were like burning (laughs) in the back of my head, but I was in the front row and I was in the center and it was amazing. But like that was on my mind the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And afterwards, um, you guys know what like Be Real is or whatever? Yes. They had posted on Be Real, like the concert was shit. Uh, crowd doesn't know what gender they are. Band doesn't know what gender they are. What? Concert so bad. Da da da. What Debbie Downers? Oh yeah. Only went for the popular songs. Blah blah. And I was just like, uh, that's tough. Wow. People suck. My goodness. Yeah. That's not okay. Like they no. try to use you and then they bash on it. Like what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. And they, I don't have be real. My sister does, so they don't. They didn't know that I saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they were like, "Oh, how's the concert?" And I just like, pretended I didn't know that they were bashing it. I was like, "Oh my god, it was so good!" Um, wow. Yeah, oh. they were just mad because of that that thing with the security happened. But I'm sorry that they no, it's okay. They it ruined that. Like, but still, even the, having that in your head kind of yeah. would, would ruin it. Taints it. A little oh, I got hiccups now. I was just like, I was, oh my god, my belly's doing that thing. Doing the rumbly tumblies. A little bit. I don't know why I didn't eat today or anything, so it shouldn't be. I offered you pancakes. No, like it shouldn't <laughs> be doing that if I didn't eat because that's why I did it is because I ate last time I'm trying to hold it in <laughs> if we need to take a pause no, no it's okay it's just grumbling <laughs> um what was I gonna say I, I don't know I don't know oh I just couldn't believe that it happened and I was really embarrassed because yeah. I'd been like in line with these people like talking to them yeah. all day and then I had 10 people show up yeah and they thought that I yeah. was gonna yeah. I, that I was no. trying to have just, them cut in line, I just felt awkward. No. Yeah, they put you in a really bad position. That's not really fair. Bad. It was really bad. People yeah. suck, man. People suck. <laughs> I'd be like, no, actually, you just got here. I'm pretty sure, no, that's not how this works. Like, you know, I gotta. I can't judge too much, though, because there was one concert at the fair. Um, who was it? Midland, I think. He's like a country artist or whatever. I didn't really know him, but a friend of mine really wanted to go. Um... And we got there, like, after the concert started. And, like, you know how they have those, like, the gated area where all the seats are and then everybody else kind of, like, just hangs out in the yeah. grass and around the area? Um, my friend, like, they, I think you actually had to have tickets for that one because it wasn't, like, a full-blown free concert. And I remember my friend really wanted seats. And I was like, dude, we, that's just, no. Like, we already missed it at that point. And I remember she was like, no, it's fine. Follow me. And we were like, oh, okay. And yeah, she went like right into the gate. And I, so I'm panicking. Cause I was like, oh my God, like we're going to get kicked out. We're going to get in trouble. And she was like, just act like you're supposed to be here. And she went in and she went like, we went in the back, like the last row. And we were just sitting like in front of the fence behind the last row of seats. 
And we just hung out there and nobody said anything. But remember the whole time I was like panicking. I was like, oh my God, we're going to trouble. No. But. Well, I, I feel like as fine. long as you didn't take someone's seat. Yeah. No, we were sitting on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I a whole that's... row of people showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a bit much. I, Yeah. No, if you have one person that's going to meet you later, whatever. I don't right. care. But, but like, yeah. that was, that but was a lot of people. Also, they, I didn't know that it was going to happen. Did, were you, like, personal friends with them? Like, good friends with them? Or was it more just, like, acquaintance? Oh, good friends. Very, well. Yeah? Used to, used to, used At one point in time, good friends. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so that would be a little bit harder. Because if they were just kind of, like, general acquaintances and they yeah. were trying to use Very you for friends. it. That would be cool. um, didn't know they were, were going to be there that day. That, so, yeah. So that in itself That is makes awkward. it a little awkward, yeah. I understand Man. then. Okay. Yeah, tough situation to be in. But, no, nah, when it comes to music, I'm like, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues, you gotta... Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and that's, um, so I always get, we always get floor seats, um, for 21 Pilots, and the very first concert I ever went to was a 21 Pilots concert. I went by myself, I did have seats, and it was fine. But after that, I was like, I want to be on the floor. I want to be right there because their concerts are always have the main stage and then they play a couple songs on a secondary stage in the middle of the floor. And uh, ever since that first concert, when I saw what they were going to be doing, I was like, I want to be down there. I want to be right next to that secondary stage <laughs> because everyone goes and rushes up to the main stage and has like a mosh pit kind of thing going yeah. on there I'm like not really about that I don't want people all up on top of me the whole time and me crushed up against the the barrier there no thank you but the secondary stage I've gotten we've gotten right along we've held on to the gate and everything and so he's like they're right there and it's like oh my god but uh the last concert we went to was in Montreal and we got there a little bit late so we were way far back in the line for the the floor seats mm-hmm um, or standing seats, whatever you want to call them. And I was like, we're not going to get the gate. We're not going to get the barrier. But I mean, like it was my fault because we weren't there in time. Um, but we ended up getting there and it was so exciting. <laughs> and I was like on cloud nine because I was like, we got here late, but we're still on the barrier kind of thing. And he was right there and it was incredible. And w- was it that one or the one I went to before that he walked by, he walked down the side and I rushed up and I got to hold his hand for a second. That was definitely before. Before. That wasn't with me here. I got to, I got the whole video. He walked right by. I got to hold his hand for a second and I'm like, murder me now because it does not get better than this. Die happy now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But we're going to, I'm going to have to get you into 21 Pilots. We're Mm going to have to go to a concert so you can experience this just visceral in the moment reaction of stuff oh, yeah because so even if you don't know the music it's it's a good time i can really appreciate 21 pilots because um they really enunciate in their music and i don't know if it's like an auditory processing thing but i can't understand lyrics yeah unless i am looking at them yeah so i can really appreciate that like i said he, they are a genre all their own everyone was just like when you when you say what what genre are they we're like um everything you ukulele screamo? I'm <laughs> is, is that a genre? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I don't know how I would describe They have that. been categorized as rock for award ceremonies, but they are not no, rock. I would definitely not. I wouldn't think that. They're not pop. They're not, not, really not demo. They're not indo, indie. Indo? What's indo? They're not indie. They're not It's really like tech. everything together. Yeah, they are so unique. Like they made their own genre. They are truly their own. But it was funny because their newest albums, um, Scaled and Icy, 
um, when it first came out mm. and I didn't have any background context. I didn't know what it was all about. I started listening to it and I'm like, what is this sugar pop garbage? What the heck is this? I hated it. Mm. I hated their newest album. I was like, this hurts. This is like painful to listen to. But then they came out with their um, live stream concert mm. because it was during COVID couldn't do live concerts and what that's what they make their music for is to experience that with people and they couldn't do that so they came out with their live stream and it was a whole it wasn't just a concert it was like this whole whole sceneries and actors and you know sets and props and everything it was a whole blown thing and having watching it and seeing it and having more context blew my mind and it has hands down one of my favorite albums of theirs now Wow. And it's because of the context, because of what, and it's probably one of the deepest albums I feel as the, because it's part of a concept like trilogy. Um, the, the previous album trench was like the beginning of it. Then you have scaled and icy and it's rumored that the next album is going to be the conclusion of the whole Clancy and the bishops and the whole Dima like storyline with the, you know, the, um, banditos and everything. It's a whole blown concept trilogy album. Um, album trilogy there we go but uh seeing the context and actually getting more background um information with the characters and to see how deep it is it's very uplifting it's very bright it's very cheery music but it is by far some of the deepest some of the darkest Mm -hmm. as well and it hits hard when you (laughs) actually like dive into the the lore and the yeah the ideas of it behind and then you look into clancy's journal which is like the cryptic website and then you look into all the videos that have all these clues it is a rabbit hole that you can go down to it is a whole world in and of itself quite literally he created a new world and is is writing music around it and it's just so mind-blowingly genius he's a genius okay we gotta stop because i'll go off all day this this is why i love music (laughs) oh it is just it's brilliant it's brilliant Oh my god. <laughs> Not only is it fantastic mu- music, but like the story and the information, the research that he does. Oh, anyway. Moving on. Holy cow. Anyway. I feel like that's also a good thing just with music in general is like it's a really good form of escapism, at mm-hmm. least for me especially. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I cannot go a day without listening to music no matter what it is, especially mm-hmm. when I'm driving. Holy crap. Yep. Um, yep. I feel like it just, like, also, like, I've talked about, I haven't been officially diagnosed yet, but I swear to God, I have ADHD and really need to find out if I do. So, I always feel like I have, like, six different voices in my head all the time, all talking about seven different things. <laughs> and I think the most accurate Instagram post I've ever seen was somebody saying, my brain is like an internet browser with seven different tabs open, one of them's playing music, and I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, I feel yep. like that describes my brain, because there's <laughs> always music playing in my head. <laughs> and, it. um... So, and so that's why, like, throughout the day, if you spend enough time with me, I'll just, like, randomly be, like, bobbing or randomly just start dancing to myself. Mm-hmm. And people are like, are you okay? I'm like, definitely not. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but listening to music, I feel like, shuts off those voices. Yep. So, like, sometimes... I might not even just be listening to it. It's just playing in the background. Because, mm-hmm. like, it distracts me enough so I can be focused yeah. like if that makes oh, yeah, sense yeah, yeah. so I remember my dad and my sister used to tell me that I was crazy because I'd have music playing doing my homework while I was studying while I'm just yeah. reading I'll mm-hmm. just have music playing and they were like how just how like how do you focus on one thing with music playing I'm like because for me like it's a tool so it, it drowns uh, out the other voices yeah so I'm not listening to it but it's shutting everything else up so I can mm-hmm. focus on what I'm doing yep that's exactly so that's definitely another way that I use music as well well that's 
going back to, to car radio, and that's why it's so impactful to me because he's talking about his car radio being stolen out of his car. Mm-hmm. And now when you're driving, you're just sitting in silence. Yeah. And when you're sitting in that silence, you that's have no nothing but your own thoughts to yeah. to to hear and to think mm-hmm. about. And when you only are subject to your own thoughts, it can get dark fast. Yeah, and absolutely. that's what music and, and having your car radio, that's, you know, the car radio is what brings life to mm-hmm. a trip and, and yeah. in the car it's what brings it life it, it makes it happy it makes it you know distracts you from the things going on in your head and when you have that ripped away and you're left with nothing then it's just entirely too real all of a sudden mm-hmm. and so that's what to me that's what depression is it's like it's having your car radio it's having your soul ripped out of you and having mm-hmm. any kind of good and positive ripped out of you and you're left with this empty shell and that's all a car is with no radio. Oh, it's just okay. this empty <laughs> shell. It's a shell getting you from point A to point B without that car radio to give it life and to give it fun and to give it purpose and soul and everything. No, I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. Well, that's why. <laughs> and that's like this touch so deep. That song is so, it hits so hard because that's exactly what depression feels like. It feels mm-hmm. like you have everything meaningful in your life ripped out of you and you're nothing but a shell. And so listening to that song kind of hits that nope, I'm not just a shell. I'm not just this alone person that, you know, other people do feel like this and people do get it. And it's like, yeah. Oh, so yeah, I totally, you have to have music in the car. It's just an, mm-hmm. I will sit there for five minutes finding like the perfect yep. playlist before <laughs> I take off. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to be subject to my own thoughts. No, thank you. But, um, no, I, I honestly only really listen to 21 pilots mm-hmm. when I do start to get more depressed mm-hmm. because I am more lyrically focused um, and so I do cue more into the lyrics and therefore I need to match that with how I'm feeling, which is usually depressed and a little bit darker. So I don't listen to them on a daily basis. Um, so if you hear me listening to 21 Pilots on just a regular day, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, probably need to check in on her. She's Red not flag. probably doing great. <laughs> but, um, my daily kind of listening to is when I'm, when there's nothing going on, when I'm not feeling anything, when I'm just kind of numbed out. Yeah. Front bottoms. The front don't bottoms are my go-to white noise because their lyrics are so out there that I can't connect with them. I can't feel anything when I'm listening to them. So you're answering your being numb with being numb. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Just numbed out inside and outside. And I just, uh, they're fun. They're, they're jaunty. I'm going to use jaunty. Okay. Is what they're, and they're just, their lyrics are fun and weird and out there, but I can't connect to them. So we're just like, it's more white noise to me and I love them. They're so crazy. Which is so funny because like you have, like I have a deep connection with music, but you have a deep connection with music. (laughs) So like, deep. I don't (laughs) know. So like for me, like when I'm in the car, um, I usually, cause I major anxiety. That's the only reason I get anything done half the time. Um, so like when I, especially if I'm going, so if I'm going to an appointment, if I have an interview, whatever, even if I'm just going to work and I hype myself up to go to work so I don't fight somebody. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to see you fight someone. That'd be so cute. <laughs> With you knowing my profession, that makes me feel so much better. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so like I use music to like hype myself up almost. So, like I said, my number one genre would definitely be country. But, like you said, definitely, like, 90s, early 2000s country. Mm-hmm. That's what I grew up mm-hmm. on. Um, but, so that's definitely my go-to. But at the same time, I also, especially the past couple of years, I've been listening to a lot of rock music. And that definitely varies. So that kind of, you answered one of my other questions I was going to ask. Like, when you listen to music, are you more for, like, lyrics? Or are you more for, like music part itself and like the vibes that it gives off I feel like I go back and forth like if I like the vibes of a song I'm like oh like this gives me a certain feeling Mm -hmm. I'm like oh I like this one or 
sometimes I, like, listen to lyrics. I'm like, oh, I like this song for the words. So I kind of flip back and forth. So that's why when people ask me, like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? I feel like I can't really answer yeah. that question. Because if you look at my playlist, it's just... Yeah. I listen to songs individually, so I don't listen to, like, a specific genre, specific mm-hmm. artist or something like that. But, um, It's like, I'll tell you as soon as you pick a mood for yeah. me to relate to. I'm like, can we just narrow that down a little bit? <laughs> uh, or, like, when people ask me my favorite song, my answer is always just, no. No. <laughs> no. I was like, there's not one. I can't make me pick one. Yeah. But, so that's why, like, rock music is something I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, and that even varies to, like, classic rock, to, like, your 80s bands, to your, even your classic ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, all that. But I also listen to a lot of, um, like, alternative metal. So, like, would be an example. Like, New Medicine. Um, who else does I listen to? Godsmack or Five Finger Death Punch. Stuff yes. like that. Yes. I've been listening to them a lot lately. Um, I so I use that, too, to, like... Like, get yeah. myself mad, like, hype myself up, because mm-hmm. I, I work out a lot, too, and I go running and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like that also really helps me blow off steam, because mm-hmm. um, I am actually a very angry person, which people don't expect out of me. <laughs> like, especially when I was little, like, the people who live with me know, or, like, grew up with me or whatever, who know me really well, they know, like, not to piss me off. Because, like, they've seen me in, like, a full, like, rage, like, just seeing red, like, mad. And I noticed it, especially, like, pre-teen years, I was like, this is like that's not okay like this is not productive being on the other end of that because I have family members who are like that as well I'm like you can't just like yelling at people like that's not cool so I've been like really trying to work on it lately and especially understanding that anger is like a secondary emotion that's not what the actual issue is something else is um I feel like I've gotten better like dealing with it especially so that's why I feel like listening to that kind of rock music kind of helps me get that out a little bit because I can just, like, find another way to, like, blow off that mm-hmm. steam. Because, like, yeah. I won't yell at anybody, especially now. Anybody who knows me, no, I rule. We get into a fight, I'm not going to yell. I want to, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to yell at you. And, which also makes other people a little more pissed off, as I have found. People don't like that. <laughs> um, but if you get into, like, a fight with me now, like, I'm not going to yell at you. Like, I want to talk about it. Like, I want to communicate. If you can't communicate right now, then we're going to go back to this later. But, so that's why I feel like I've been listening to a lot of rock music lately, just to kind of get that out. Yeah. Like I said, that's that's matching the inside with the outside and, and yeah. finding that balance. And that's what I do. Like like I said, I am more lyrically focused, um, especially when on my darker days. Um, I kind of need that. I don't know. It's like a conversation. It's yeah. kind of like talking with it yourself. out with yeah. the lyrics and with yourself kind of thing. But when I'm angry, it is like hard rock. Oh, yeah. And it's full blown. The, I need the crazy loud. I need the... I need my surroundings to be mm-hmm. just as loud and frustrated and angry as yep. my insides. And so when I listen to more hard rock or whatever, it is more for the music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a few Five Finger Death Punch songs that the lyrics do hit just yes. just sweet spot. Kind of like, this is exactly it. Yeah. S- just burn the world right now. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, so I 100% understand that. Yeah. And uh, I have yet to be on the receiving end of your... Ire, so it, yeah, I've had a lot of people tell me that. I have one friend. We've been friends since we were thirteen. <laughs> she remembers me getting mad like once. I don't remember it whatsoever. She, she blacked out. She <laughs> apparently I did because she's still to this day like we'll talk about it right ever, and she'll always just look at me. She'll be like, except for that one time. She's like, you were, she's like, you were so pissed, and I'm like, what did I? What was I mad at? And she always just shakes her head. She was like you were pissed. And I'm like, she won't tell me. And I'm like, I don't remember what happened. So, so I'm like, I feel like I traumatized this girl and I don't even know what I did. Yeah. Well, no, that's, uh, 
I don't I don't yell anymore either. I if I get really frustrated, it's always with my my family when mm-hmm. you know it's always a knockdown drag out kind of argument with my family, and so I avoid going to my family's house to to for too long because it's like yeah we're here for a long enough stretch of time and it's gonna blow up and I don't have the energy for it anymore. Right, I've separated myself from that kind of thing. Whereas before. I would. I would participate in the full-blown yelling and yeah. all the craziness. Now if I go and my parents are fighting, I literally just, like, I'm not doing this. I'll look them dead in the eye. I'm like, I'm not doing this. And I'll walk away. Yeah. And I'm like, just no. And there was one time, this a few times ago, that I was at my parents' house. Something so stupid. Me and my mom actually had a good time about it. Like, we accidentally locked the keys in the car. I thought my mom had the keys. My mom didn't know that I... I had driven, so I thought she grabbed them and took them with her, Mm -hmm. and then I locked the car, because I'm used to locking Uh, my car doors, not knowing that when she grabbed the key, she dropped them in the console, and then we both got out, I locked the car doors, not knowing, then we had to call my dad to find the spare keys, he was doing something, so he got pissed off, and then we got home, and after me and my mom, we were laughing about it, we were joking, we were having a good time, it was like a fun memory. Yeah. We get home, and he ruins it, and he just, it was a full-blown fight, and he said some stupid shit that I, I did kind of give into, and I was like, I forget exactly what I said, but I was like, you've got to be kidding me. If you didn't actually know that this was a joke and we were kidding around, then you are so freaking, like, blind. Like, And then after that, I had to walk away. I went upstairs. My mom followed me. She started kind of, like, frustratingly ranting at me, and I'm like, Mom, no. You need yeah. to stop. And I just stood there and breathed for a minute, and I told her, I'm done. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. I will not be coming back if this is what we're going to be doing. And I'm dead serious, and I'm like, I don't stay there for more than, like, two days, because right. I know too long, and it's gonna, it's gonna blow up. And I don't do that no more. <laughs> I can't. Setting batteries. I do want. not have the energy for that. I'm like, I'm too tired for this. I'm not, I'm not doing this. So, I have to kind of separate myself from that. But, yeah, I get that. But, yeah, sometimes you just need your music to match your insides and outsides, and, just, and <gasps> yep. Yeah. And then other times, it's just like, you need, I don't know, some good days, and you just kind of have to find up. that bippity-boppity-boop kind <laughs> yeah. of song, and... Trucking down the road, just like, yep, good times, good times. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you have a, do you have a bippity bobby boop song? All of my songs are bippity bobby. <laughs> like, like I feel like my life has been really static for the past, like, two or three years, so. But, like, in a good way? In a great way. Okay. But so good. is my, mu- like, my music has been all very, like, the same. Like, I feel Nothing like anybody who just, like, would listen to my playlist would think that it was like all the same song and all the same <laughs> band because it all sounds the same but it's yeah it's a great thing but yeah it's been it's been static and I listen to the same song like a million times so I'm still listening to the same songs that I listened to like when I was 13 yeah. like now mm-hmm. it's I wouldn't say static I'd say content so content so content. That's there so go. good to hear. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. No, that's fantastic. No, it is really great. When I hear a new song that gives that, like, hit of dopamine that I get addicted oh. to, mm-hmm. and right now on repeat is, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciations, I apologize, but by Ekaterina Shalahova, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, The Savage Daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Savage Daughter. And then the other one was, <sighs> I'm really going to butcher this, but Atess and Moon, which is the one I sent you. Yeah. 
yeah. and you were like, that's that a, one's cool. That one's a hit, man. Those two songs have been on absolute freaking repeat for like a couple weeks now. That's perfect. And they're just that that little hit of dopamine and serotonin that I need. And then, yeah. of course, because I don't feel that on a regular basis, I get addicted to it. And I'm like, play it again. Play it again. Let's feel that one again. Ah! I hate when it starts not hitting the same. Right? Though. Yeah. And it starts to kind of peter off and got to find a new one. <laughs> turn it up. Just turn it up louder. <laughs> Soaking it a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. That's, music is so crucial. It and, is. Uh, no, I'm glad to hear that you're content with it. That's awesome. And, it's great. Uh, I'm I'm dying for the next top album. They need to. It's coming. I know it's coming. I feel it. They're working on it, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it's been a hot minute. We could talk about this quite literally all day. We are at an hour, so let's oh, go ahead and. Dang. We did good. That was fast. Uh, let's go ahead and switch gears. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendra, wait, no. Oh, shoot, our questions. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you want to get to that? Or do you want to do this. a fact? Um, what questions. were the questions? Uh, oh yeah. About a memory. Uh, what's your fondest memory? Yeah, Kendra, take it away. Oh, me first. Yeah. Okay. So I remember you sent me this. I've honestly been struggling with this question because I can't pick like one individual because I feel like I have like a group of memories. Like just think of them. You're just like, oh. Um, <laughs> just oh. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, but yeah, this was really hard for me, but I guess yesterday, one memory I had in particular just kind of like hit home a little bit. Um, like I said, obviously, cause I've been like struggling a lot the past couple of weeks that I think just kind of like gave me that like warm, fuzzy feeling and just kind of like remind me like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, so story time. So basically <laughs> what happened was when I was in high school, I was doing like an internship with a local police department. And so we had the title of, like, cadets. We had uniforms, the whole nine yards. And so what we would do is we would be able to, like, shadow officers. We would do volunteering, work in the community, stuff like that. So one of those volunteering opportunities was around Christmas, and it was called Shop of the Cop. So you got, um, like, underprivileged kids from the area, and the police department would pay for them to, like, buy presents for their family. So, yeah. So we had, there was just one little girl. So it was me and my partner, who was also a female cadet. Um, so we took her, she had her little list in her little kid handwriting, and she was probably maybe like five or six, and we didn't know, like, what the story was with all the kids, we just knew that they were deserving children. And so we were like, oh, like, what's your name, whatever, getting the story from her, and I guess basically she had, like, a deadbeat dad who was awful to her mother and stuff like that. So her mom had finally gotten herself out of that situation, had just moved to a new area, and then that's why we decided to help them they just moved she like had no money she just started a new job so there wasn't going to be a christmas essentially so that's why we took her to go shopping and at the end after like you take them shopping you help them like wrap all their presents we have wrapping paper and everything she was having a blast she was the cutest little girl we had fun like running around the store and everything and at the end what got me which is my favorite part of this memory was I bring her back to her mom and are like, oh, like, here are all the gifts. Here's, she wrapped everything, whatever. And then the department also gave them, like, a gift card to Target for, like, $500 or something um, for, like, anything else that they might need. So I was like, oh, like, here's, like, a little Christmas card. Here's your Target gift card, whatever else. Gave her my spiel. And I remember the little girl, all she found was this one toy for herself. That was it, because they were allowed to get something for themselves, too. It was, I don't even remember what it was. It looked like a little ball. It was the smallest. It was, like, $3.00. 
And she was just so content with it. She was so happy about it. And she, like, I remember her running over, like, holding it. And they are like, oh, mom, like, look what I found. And, oh, it gets worse. And, because uh, <laughs> nobody can see this. Both of them are, like, tearing up right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so cute. So, the, my favorite part of this memory was the mom, like, listening to her daughter be like, oh, like, look at my toy or whatever. And I remember her mom didn't say anything. She was leaning against the wall, like, with her arms crossed. And so I looked at her and was like, okay, like, is, do you have any other questions or whatever? I remember she just looked up at me, her eyes, like, she was crying, like, her, like, welling with tears. And I remember she just had this, like, the warmest smile looking at her daughter and how happy she was. I remember she just looked at me and she just went, honey, she's like, can I give you a hug? And I was, so now I'm, like, about to cry. And I'm like, of course you can. <laughs> so, like, I'm hugging this woman. So that's definitely a memory that's really important to me because I'm like, that's why I want to go into this field. It's for that kind of being able to like help the community and stuff so even after that and like experience I've had ride-alongs I've done like some of the crap that I've seen or seen that's good <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> stuff that I saw um I always kind of just like remember that moment and I'm like this is the kind of stuff like this is why I'm doing what I'm doing yeah so I'd say def that's definitely towards the top of the list of like one of my favorite memories you're wow. such a good person <laughs> That was beautiful. I love those stories oh. of, like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. That was beautiful. Well, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> Your mind sucks. <laughs> we should not have had Kendrick first. Yeah, why? Shit. Oh, man. Well, I was gonna... <laughs> you suck. I'm sorry. Uh, I was gonna say, like, pretty much any memory with, like, my whole family, all my cousins, any kind of, like, holiday get-together have always been, you know, incredible memories, <laughs> but there have been so many that I was like, I can't... I can't just pick one. I'd have to yeah. talk about all of them. So instead, I'm not going to talk about my family at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this so, I feel such a jerk now. I feel so selfish talking about this now. But uh, oh. no, like my favorite memory was um, my, my first week or my first trip uh, to Young Life Camp. Uh, my sophomore year of high school, I uh, went to Rockbridge, Virginia to Young Life <laughs> Camp. And that whole week was just greatest week of my life honestly it was the work that these people put into making this camp so special for you know high school kids mm -hmm. um absolutely incredible and everything about it was just pristine that's it's just the entire grounds were pristinely kept the food was amazing greatest water and it sounds weird but the greatest water i've ever had in my life <laughs> Because I the first night that we were there, we there was like this huge obstacle course. We had to like run around like we were in the middle of the mountains and we're yeah. running through the mountains. We're doing this whole obstacle course, and at the end of it, they had tables set up with water, and I drank that water, and I'm like, this is straight from the streams of heaven because <laughs> my God, was it good? <laughs> but that whole week was just so unbelievably incredible. All the activities, all the things that they had set up for people to do, um, and it was just the happiest, most impactful week of my life. And again, Young young Life Camp is like a Christian camp and just the messages and the, the inspirations and everything just, I'm, yeah. I don't know, like if you're Christian or not, whatever, but it just, you just felt God's presence there in everything that you did. And it was right. so incredible. And I'm so thankful for that. And it just, I have a no notebook where every day I wrote down the things that we did so I could remember it. And it was funny because... Throughout the week, my handwriting was, you know, my mom calls it my serial killer handwriting, but it got, <laughs> it got so much worse considering that was the, that was where I broke my arm. Oh, yeah. Right. The, like the second to last day of that camp is when I jumped down on the blob 
I had my arms down to my sides instead of out in front of me. I broke my arm. It snapped. I heard it snap. I didn't feel yep. it. So that was the only reason I knew it broke. Yikes. But um, even with a broken arm, oh, it was still the greatest week of my life. And uh, I'm just, I'm really thankful for everything that all the camp counselors and everyone, yeah. all the work that they did to it because it was just, every night it was just something so special. And it was I just get all smiley and dopey when I think about it because it was just, like I said, broken arm included, greatest week of my life. So, yeah. Oh, now I feel like an ass because I'm like, no, no, that was a that's great definitely, story. That's something that's impactful to you. That's a big deal. <laughs> I've never broken a bone. Me neither. If you do, do it bad enough where you need to have surgery. Uh, I'm just saying. Can we elaborate on that, please? <laughs> like, Why? What? Is it like, it's not cool enough if you like break your No, um, it's because I was in and out of a cast in less than a week. And I had my oh, surgery yeah. and I was too back to using my arm. And they were just like, start using it. Start working on mobility and everything. Yeah. Instead of being the rest of the summer uh, in a cast. you're not like healing it yourself. They, yeah. Like, it, they it they did it for you. They oh. put it back together for me. I broke it in three places. It was a lot. Interesting. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I had my <laughs> surgery and I got the wrap taken off of it. And there, I went to But you know how therapy. I feel about surgery since last That's week. true. That is true. Terrified. I don't blame you there. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Okay, or just don't break any bones. We'll stick with that then. I'm yeah. working on it. <laughs> you wait on not breaking a bone. I'm not. Okay. Okay. I'm doing like, <laughs> really good right now. Wait a <laughs> Twenty years and going. All right. Sounds good. Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. So what you got, Mary Grace? Okay, I have to preface with so back in uh, November, October, November of 2019. Um, unrelated my grandpa died it's totally unrelated um anyway after these services i went over to my aunt's house with all my cousins and everything and we were just like hanging out like playing games like i don't know just hanging out um and i was having such a good time with them and i always have such a good time with them and i was like oh my god i want to do this every day like i love like playing games and spending time with my cousins and my aunt so then fast forward to like six months later, um, my mom ended up divorcing my dad and we moved in with my aunt and then COVID happened like a week later. So all my cousins were stuck oh. there. So every night after dinner, we were playing games and oh. hanging out. And like, yeah. I was like, I, I, this is exactly what I said I wanted to do. Right. So for like three months we lived there and I, I just had a great time, um, with them. Like, um, I'm Italian, but I don't like, not super connected to like the culture or like food or anything but my mm -hmm. cousins and my aunt really is really are <laughs> so i got to learn how to like make pasta and like we cook dinner every single night and it was just such like a good like bonding and like it was just such a happy time for me because well also i had been like waiting for us to leave my dad for like years so i was like <laughs> finally <laughs> Like, okay, I was yeah. so ready. Like, my mom and my sister were kind of having a hard time because, you know, COVID, and they, like, right. weren't expecting to leave. But, but I, you were just like, party! I had like, been go. waiting for a long time. <laughs> my mom was like, you know, pack your bag for, like, a week. We'll see, like, you know, maybe things will work out. I packed all of my stuff, and well, I was not going to like, you, you manifested yeah. You manifested it. I was so it. ready. So it was just a big like sigh of relief and it was yeah. so great to have my family with me and yeah so it was amazing yeah that's so beautiful yes 
Even though it was like a really hectic situation, like I had a great time. Well, that's good. Make the most of a shitty situation. Yeah. As far as COVID and divorce, but you were like, hell yeah. I was like, this is way better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a bad situation. That's good. (laughs) And I also picked up, well, I don't do it anymore, but we were doing um, like yoga every single day. Ooh. Which was really cool. Nice. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. So, when you were packing up all your stuff, um... Oh, transition? Transition? <laughs> you, oh, snap. You, you, named, you called it. <laughs> I saw you smirking over there. You looked all cheeky. I knew. Yep, transition. So, as you were packing, um, if your house had caught on fire rather than it being divorced... <laughs> while, while I was packing? <laughs> What's the one object that you would run into a burning building to save? Not pets or family or anything, but Can like... Can we a, say not my phone? Can we just assume I have that on my person? Well, that's like in your pocket as you run yeah. out. So that's okay. Sense. Because that would probably be the first thing. <laughs> okay. Um, second thing, um, there's like no question. Like I didn't even think about it. I have this little. Well, I guess I don't need the box, but I have in a box um, some like poems and letters that my friends wrote me in high school, and Aww. they're just really have always been very treasured. To yeah. Me. Um, so those have gone with me everywhere. Like I kept them in my wallet for a long time, but I stopped doing that because in case it got wet or anything. But, um, when I went to my aunt's, that came with me. Yeah. I always know where it is. Just, I have like, I don't know, three or four like little pieces of paper that some friends wrote some nice things for me. So it would be that. Yeah. Oh my God. You guys are proving over and over again. What a piece of shit I am. (laughs) What you say? You both have like things like related to other people and like, <laughs> and me. I'm just like it's all about me, quite literally. Um, that's not. I don't think that's true though. I'm like, such a self-centered. No, you're really not though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no my my one my one object is my pillow. Yeah, I knew it. I was gonna call that. <laughs> I knew that's where this is going. Listen, you know what? It is the most. I'll show it to you afterward. It is the most disgusting piece of garbage you'll ever see in your life. This isn't, it's not, it's not a special pillow. It's just like a pillow, like a, you know, you yeah. get from the store, like a two-pack pillow thing. It's just a pillow, right? <laughs> Are we going to insert a picture of this on the Instagram post? I think it would be too disturbing for people. <laughs> what is up with this pillow? Oh, God. So this is the pillow that my mom brought me home from the hospital and put me on. So this pillow is 27, going on 28 years old. I have not slept a single night without it. It is disgusting. When I was little, I'd carry this pillow around and I have it like draped, tucked over my arm. And so eventually the stuffing on the inside separated. It even yeah. It's not even a pillow anymore. It separated. So there was just two matted clumps <laughs> of oh stuffing. And the, the center was empty and it was oh just no. too on. And then eventually it got so matted. It was like two little bricks in just like a, yeah. a, a fabric casing. Yeah. I had to cut the thing open pull the stuffing out and like rip it apart to get it unmatted and fluff it up. It didn't work. So now it's just clumps of matted stuffing (laughs) that are just kind of scattered across. And then I tried to sew it, but when I was young, I didn't know how to sew. And so it's just like this botched, like (laughs) 
and then it ripped open again. And instead of sewing it because I'm lazy, I safety pinned it. And so I sleep on a safety pinned pillow every night. You sleep oh, on God. a safety hazard. <laughs> Literally stab yourself in the eye. I do. And it, and like the, the fabric like casing on the pillow, it is so thin. You can quite literally see through it to the, the matted stuffing clumps on the inside. That is so impressive. And it is just, it is so gnarly and disgusting that I had to have like a pillowcase. I have a permanent pillowcase over top of it just to keep it together. And then another pillowcase over top of that that acts as a normal pillowcase. And it's just, it's not okay. <laughs> Can I say something kind of weird though? Yeah. Like when I was a kid, other kids would have like that object. It's like a blankie, like a safety. Yeah. I wanted one, like at a safety object, but I couldn't connect to anything like enough <laughs> to like, I wasn't committed to anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't have like anything that I was like. It's probably better. Dependent on. Yeah, it's Because the thought of losing this pillow, it sends me into absolute turmoil. Yeah. It's that problematic. I, yeah. I've, like I said, 20, going on 28 years, not a single night have I slept without this thing. And when I was a kid, um, my mom tells me the story of when my brother was mad at me for something, he stole it and hid it. Ooh. And I was, I was livid. I was panicking. I was like, where's my pillow? And my mom gave me like the other pillow that had come in the set. It's just, again, it's just a normal pillow. And she put on the same pillowcase that was on my pillow, and she handed it to me. I'm like, this is not my pillow. Not the same. I was like, no, this is not it. And she finally found it and everything, made my brother cough up where he put it. Um, there was another time I went to my aunt's house to spend the night with all my cousins, and I forgot it, and I threw such a fit that my mom had to drive back to bring me my pillow. <laughs> like, it is problematic. And when I, when I fly, it is the one thing in my carry-on. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not putting it in checked baggage and God forbid I lose it in whatever the airline does. It comes with me on my carry on. I, I, nope, it's my pillow. I will, and I'm going to be buried with this thing. Like, it's so gross. Interesting. So, uh, your turn, Kendra. Let's move on from my freakazoid (laughs) life. You say, no, mine's similar. Maybe not to that extent, but mine is (laughs) similar, um, because, like, I'm not a materialistic person. I don't I don't have really, really attachment to anything. So that's why, like, this thing would be such a big deal to me. Because it's the only material thing I have in my apartment where I'm like, if something happened to that, I would be, like, devastated. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even do it. But um, it's, like, same thing. It's something I've had since I was a baby. And it's a teddy bear. But it's not, like, a cute little small teddy bear. This thing's, like, this big. Like, it's, like, two or three feet tall. And, um... Somebody, some friend of my mom's bought it for me, like, as a newborn, brought it to the hospital, whatever. A little funny side note to the story is my dad also bought, like, a teddy bear for me. He bought one for, like, each, there's, I have two little sisters, each one for each one of his daughters. My sister, it's, like, one of those cute little baby tiny teddy bears. Still has it to this day. It's disgusting. Like, it used to be white. There's, is nasty. It's, like, a disgusting gray color. Like, it's been, that thing's seen a lot. My dad bought me one. He bought me, like, a really nice, like, white and green, like, this Irish bear. I've never seen that bear in my life. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> Apparently, as a toddler, I lost it. I don't know what to do with it. It's MIA. It makes my dad very sad. But oh. instead, it was kind of replaced by this other bear that a friend of my mom's bought for me. And that thing went through me, like, my entire life. Like, I slept with my entire childhood. I did the same thing. I'd, like, hook an elbow, like, right yep, around its yep. neck, essentially. So now when it sits there, it just kind of has its head tilted to the side because there's nothing there anymore. But, oh um, God. and it has, like, a velvet, like, huge red bow that, like, hangs off of it. But, yeah, that's, like, the same thing. Like, yep. it slept with me every single night. Um, like, especially, like, I struggled with mental health, like, at a really young age and, like, in my early teenage years and stuff. 
So, like, that was the thing. Like, I would come home and shut my door and I'd, like, cry with it. Like, bring yep, my face yep. in and just cry. So, like, that thing, that was, like, my little friend. Like, my whole childhood stuff. Didn't go on sleepers with me. Like, I could travel without it. I'd be nope. eight, But as soon as I got home, I'd be, like, <laughs> hug no. it and, like, it's mine. But, yeah, that's probably the only materialistic thing that I have that I can't live without. And, like, my mom, like, she found a way to wash it. I don't know how. Because she, because, like I said, I took that thing. It, it's seen some things. So my mom figured out somehow how to wash it so she'd give it back and be not diseased. So <laughs> um, I remember I got older. My job was in like freaking high school. And I was like, hey, mom. I came out. I was like, can you like do do the thing? Like, can you wash it? And my mom literally, she just kind of chuckled. She was like, I, if I think if I do it at this point, it's just going to fall apart. And I literally was like, oh my, no. Like, I'm not going to take that chance. And my mom was like, there's something wrong with you. Like, it's a bear. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I was like, nothing can happen to this thing. So, didn't wash it. So, it's probably really gross again. But, yeah. yeah. That's one thing. That would probably be it. Because, like I said, I have no attachment, really, to anything else. That's, like, the only thing that I have, like, an emotional attachment to. Yeah. Me too. So, yeah, it would be that. I don't have an emotional attachment to, like, anything that I have. I know you said last week something about my plants, but, like... They're plants. You can always I'm, get more plants. I feel good. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the hard thing. Like, my entire apartment, everything that I have is, you know, has meaning, has sentimentality to me. But mm-hmm. then I also have to, again, I have to step back and realize it is just stuff. Right. It, it, as much as it means to me, as much, like, the stories behind it and stuff, pretty much almost everything can be replaced. But, like I said, my pillow is the one thing that yeah. cannot be replaced. Nope. So. You want to hear something kind of sad that kind of makes me sad? But it's okay. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> Well, like, I don't... Do you remember how on Chaotic Energy we mentioned how I had written that essay about mashed potatoes and, like, I got third place in the state of Indiana? Yes. What? Yeah. That's so awesome. it was, like, I was in fourth grade and um, they had us all write an essay about, like, our favorite food, why it's our favorite food, the story behind it. So mine was the mashed potatoes my mom makes. And I remember my teacher hated it, but I ended up winning third place in the whole state of Indiana. And... Oh. Uh, anyway. Um... We talked about it on the podcast, and so I went home, and I was like, Mom, do we have um, the essay? She's like, yeah, I saved it, but um, I think your dad has it, because, like, when we left, we, like, left, left. So he had all of our sentimental stuff, mm-hmm. and he um, does not have no, the no. sentimental stuff um, anymore. So pictures, videos, <gasps> everything. That's so sad. What a douchebag. Yeah, so, for real. So, I don't, like, have a lot of stuff. Oh, no. It's okay, though. It's not no, okay. That's not what I get to do about it. It's all right. I mean, that's, that's true, but still, that sucks. But, yeah. That's a dick move. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. We're going to move on, because that was sad. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> whole podcast. Yeah. Kind of... <laughs> uh, it's real. It's deep. It's, it's real. That's all. Yeah, um, this is raw. We're not... Yeah. This is real stuff, you guys. So, teach us a thing, Kendra. Oh, yeah, please. Kendra's got the fun fact. We're making all of our guests do the work for us. <laughs> so, teach us something new. What do you okay. got? So, I brought my book, just in case. But other than... One thing I really like to study is nonverbal communication. Love it. Could talk about it all day. Um, but most people, when I say nonverbal communication, they think I'm talking about uh, body language, which is one part of it, but that's like one little subtext under, like, this huge umbrella. Nonverbal communication involves several different things. But, I mean, body language is, like, my favorite part. So that's the part I talk about the most. And specifically with, like, emotions and facial expressions. 
I love it. Like, I just think it's really interesting. I think it's interesting how um, there are... So there's several, I think it's seven different emotions that across the board, no matter what culture you're in, the way people express it is going to be the exact same. Um, hmm. So yeah, that's really cool. So I think it is definitely, it's disgust, fear, um, happiness, sadness. Can't think of the other one. But like those like big emotions, those are the ones, no matter what culture you're in, no matter what country you're in, if you like just turn off the sound, everybody's, those expressions are going to be the exact same on people's faces. So, um, but I brought one specific fact. So this one's about like gestures. So while you're talking, um, like throwing your hands around and everything else, those gestures have specific names. So like pointing has a specific name and like stuff like that. So for example, one of them is called a baton and that is a movement that emphasizes a word or a phrase and sometimes temporarily. Um, so it's like an orchestra conductor, like uh -huh. when they're like doing the music and they want emphasis on something or Kind of stuff like that. Mm. So that's really cool. And then pointing, which is the one I didn't realize. I mean, it's pointy. I didn't know that had a name. But um, it's, that's called a, a dyadic movement. So like pointing things so you know where they are. And then ideographs are movements that draw a thought, a sketch, or a path. I do that all the time. <laughs> I don't even realize that I'm doing it. But so yeah. So those like little movements each have their own names, which I thought was really cool. That's so oh cool. My God. I didn't know that at all. Mm -hmm. I love that. Everything has a name. Everything has a purpose. Yeah. So that's why I love, um, in one of the communication classes I took while we were at school, um, my professor said to us on the first day, he's like, I'm not going to teach you anything new. He's like, you know all of this. He's like, you just don't know that there's a name for it. He's like, so what this class is, is diving into it, into what you're doing, a little bit why you're doing it, and he's like, and I'm just naming it. Mm -hmm. He's like, but in this class, you're not going to actually learn anything new. You already know it. You just don't realize that you You're know just it. putting names to the yeah. things you already know. So, in that class, I absolutely loved. It was so interesting. That's why, that's what got me into nonverbal communication and stuff, so. Well, you were the one who told me that the show Lie to Me, right? <clears throat> yes. Lie to Me is actually, they did all the research. It's legitimate. It's yeah. not just, you know, like, Grey's Anatomy is just throwing <laughs> out weird random yes. things. Like, no, this was actual research-based. Yeah. And they weren't going to do it unless it was actually factual, right. legitimate. So, like, the it's almost like the godfather of, like, facial expressions and nonverbal communication. His name is Paul Ekman. And Paul Ekman helped them write the TV show Lie to Me. And Paul Ekman, he's an arrogant jerk-off. Like, if you watch interviews and stuff with him, he's just, like, nose in the air. He knows more information than you do. He's just kind of, like, one of those people. But he would not let them go through with an episode unless the science was right. So in the things that the character is, um, Lightman, I think his name is. So they kind of loosely based his character off of Paul Ekman. So, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't, he would not let them go through unless the things that Lightman is saying were actual, like, backed up by science, like, actual fact. Because, like, a lot of people, like, with lying, for example, that's basically what they do is, like, they're investigating things. And they're being human lie detectors, essentially. But, um, like, the whole thing was somebody's lying, they're, like, looking up to the left or, like, looking down to the right, stuff like that. That's, like, one of those things where it's kind of BS, because there's, like, a little bit of a hint to that, but not, not really. Mm -hmm. So, that's why they were, like, we're not going to do that, we're going to actually do this right, so. I need to watch that show. I had, I had seen it when it was on TV, and I still watched TV. Yeah. Um, I had seen snippets of it here and there if my parents were flipping through channels, mm -hmm. and it, it was always very interesting. Did it? finished or did it did it get canceled um, did it end on a like a i haven't finished it yet i'm only i think i just started the second season but i believe there's only three so i doubt that it actually it probably got canceled if it like get canceled and like 
And cliffhanger, then, cliffhanger. Oh, I'm like, I usually worst. don't go through shows if they end on cliffhangers because I'm like, that's just pointless. <laughs> right. But but uh, I think it's really interesting because, like I said, this book I have here um, on Novel Community, and I have a bunch of them in my apartment too. But just starting to dive into them and then watching them with that show, it's really cool to kind of like have that visual because these sometimes get like really content heavy, mm-hmm. like a lot of definitions, a lot of words. But having that show is kind of like a Put it in real life. It. Yeah. yeah. And so you can actively see, like, what you're learning. So that's why I also think it's really cool with, like, learning about it alongside it. Because then you're like, okay, like, you know that's not BS. Like, yeah. they actually did the research. And they actually did it right. Which I also... Yeah. Huge applause for. Which is cool. That's awesome. What is the premise of the show? I've never heard of it. <clears throat> it isn't it, like, um kind of like Criminal Minds or CSI? It's, like... Sort of. Criminal yeah. behavior that they're diving into to try and... Yeah. Know, so he has, he owns, like, his own company. It's called, like, the Lightman Group. And basically what they do is, they're like a think tank kind of, I guess for lack of a better word. And they just, um, people hire them to say, whether it be like just a regular person, whether it be a department, the FBI, whoever, people hire this group and say, hey, we have this case, we don't know if they're lying, or hey, can you interview this person, whatever. And so what the Lightman group does, especially him, um, is they go and they interview people. They always take a video because micro-expressions, those are smaller facial expressions. They happen, I think it's less than 0.25 of a second. So it's quicker than blink of an eye. So live, you can't really see what it was. Like, you can see something be like, their face moved, but I don't know what it did because it happened so quickly. So what they do is, like, they videotape everything, whatever, and they go back to it later. And basically he sits there and he watches it and he, like, slows it way down. So that way he can see, like, what they actually did and, um... He could tell, like, if they're lying or not. So, basically, he, like, assists other people with cases and stuff. Wow. It's so fascinating. That is it's so really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna and, have to have a viewing party. Yeah, it's... And even just in itself, like, the science part aside, it's just is a well-written show. Like, mm-hmm. it's a good show to watch. Yep. <clears throat> We're gonna have to add that to the list along with... I got her into Avatar. Along with Ooh. Barbie. Along with Barbie. I want to see a new Barbie movie. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. She hasn't seen Harry Potter. She hasn't seen Star Wars. She's living under a rock. We're gonna... <laughs> I haven't seen any of that either. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> Why do I associate with you heathens? Oh my god. <laughs> Guess I'm just old. Okay. I didn't call you old. <laughs> I'm of a whole separate generation. You're I'm a freaking boomer. Oh my god. <laughs> You're not a boomer. Oh god. Like Alright. That's amazing. Well, that was some good stuff. Good stuff. That was good stuff. Alright. We're gonna get out of here before we end up talking all freaking day. We're at an hour and a half. Wow. Woo. So congrats on uh, the longest episode there, Kendra. Um, I feel like I contributed a lot to that. That was awesome. <laughs> that was good. All right. So until next week, we'll talk at you next time. And uh, Kendra will be back for other things. Woo. We're going to make her come back. <laughs> okay. So talk at you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.